Greetings, and welcome to the 60th edition podcast of Women's Liberation Radio News for this Thursday, April 1st, 2021. I'm Sekhmet Shiaul, your resident female separatist and angry lesbian feminist. The new theme music you just heard at the start of the show today was written and performed by WLRN's Jenna DeCordo, with Thistle singing harmonies. We are making some additions, improvements, and changes around here as we celebrate five years in your ears as your feminist community-powered radio station. Look for our new website coming soon with awesome five-year anniversary merch that you can pre-order designed by WLRN volunteers. This month's edition focuses on digesting and reflecting on the Women Picket DC event that both Jenna and Thistle attended on March 8th, International Women's Day in Washington, DC. We'll hear a musical collage of interview segments and clips from women Thistle met at what was fondly referred to as the Turf Hotel, the place where demonstrators from out of town were staying. We'll also hear excerpts of key moments from the speeches given at the rally itself. We'll round off the podcast with commentary from Thistle, recounting her experiences of the event. The team at WLRN produces a monthly radio broadcast to break the sound barrier women are blocked by under the status quo rule of men. This blocking of women's discourse we see in all sectors of society, be they conservative, liberal, mainstream, progressive, or radical. The thread that runs through all of American politics, except for separatist feminism, is male dominance and entitlement in all spheres. To start off today's edition, here's Emily Ann Lorenzen with women's news from around the globe for this Thursday, April 1st, 2021. The highest court in France ruled that the firefighters accused of raping a woman known as Julie when she was between 13 and 15 years old will be charged with the lesser offense of sexual assault. The judges claimed that it was not proven the men had used quote-unquote moral constraint. This judgment came days after the lower house in the French parliament voted unanimously for the age of consent to be 15 years. In China, a new law requires divorcing couples to take a 30-day cooling-off period before they are allowed to legally divorce. Feminist writer Zhao Meilei says that the law is a quote-unquote step backwards for women and limits women's right to separate from their spouse. In 2016 and 2017, about 74% of divorce cases were filed by women. Women in China already face a hard road to divorce, considering the income gap, rules on property and division that favor men, and strict societal views on gender roles. In Istanbul, Turkey, thousands of women protested the president's decision to withdraw from an international treaty against domestic violence, which the country once championed. Protesters waved purple flags and chanted slogans like, Murders of women are political. The World Health Organization states that 38% of women in Turkey are subject to violence from a partner in their lifetime. Femicide rates have roughly tripled in the last 10 years. And so far this year, 87 women have been murdered by men 
or died under suspicious circumstances. The president pulled out of the Istanbul Convention because it, quote, stresses gender equality and forbids discrimination on grounds of sexual orientation, which undermines family structures and encourages violence, unquote. In Jalalabad, Afghanistan, four female journalists were murdered as they left work at the Anikas TV station. Out of the 10 female employees at the station, four are now dead, and the Islamic State militants have claimed these attacks. Other women working in the media are forced to stay home since it is too dangerous for them to come to work. The director of the TV station speculates that extremists are motivated by the belief that women should not work outside of the home. A 24-year-old woman is suing Facebook for product liability and gross negligence. When she was 15, a man used Facebook to lure her into sex trafficking. About 100,000 minors are sex trafficked in the United States each year, and nearly 40% of these minors meet their traffickers online. Backpage, Craigslist, and Facebook were the primary websites used by traffickers in the U.S. from 2015 to 2019. Facebook denies any liability for the actions of sex traffickers, but recently announced safety measures to limit adults from reaching out to minors they are not already connected to on Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. The military coup in Myanmar ousted state councillor Aung San Suu Kyi in February, and it threatens the entire country, but most notably women. Women's status was on the rise before the coup, with women making up 17% of elected parliamentarians at all levels of government in 2020. In 2018, Myanmar ranked 148th in the world on the Gender Inequality Index, but had risen to 118th in 2019. Now with a patriarchal military coup running the country, feminists fear that this progress will be lost and women will be in greater danger. Women's rights advocates have warned, quote, if we do not win this time, they will win forever, unquote. Canadian women's groups held a protest at Kitchener's Grand Valley Institute for Women, demanding the removal of male inmates from women's prisons. Trans-identified males have been transferred to women's prisons and the requirements to quote-unquote identify as a woman are very low. Heather Mason is a founding member of Canadian Women's Sex-Based Rights and she said, quote, There is no requirement for you to have changed your birth certificate. There is no requirement for hormones or surgery. You don't even need to be living as a woman prior to incarceration. You can apply to a transfer regardless of your crime. It's solely based on your gender identity. There have been sexual assaults. There have been physical assaults. There has been sexual harassment. There have been pregnancies. There have also been STD scares because several of the transfers have HIV." Unquote. She suggests that Corrections Canada should create separate wings in men's prisons for gender non-conforming males. A South Korean court will rule on a damages suit filed by a group of quote-unquote comfort women against the Japanese government on April 21st. South Korean women were often trafficked during World War II 
to Japanese military brothels, where they were dubbed comfort women. A ruling in January on a similar case stated that the Japanese government committed, quote, international, systemic, and wide-ranging criminal acts against humanity by forcing women to work at military brothels, unquote. The Japanese government was ordered to pay 12 plaintiffs $88,400 each. The upcoming ruling in April is expected to follow suit. Egypt's parliament approved the amendment to the Egyptian Penal Code, which toughens penalties for female genital mutilation, or FGM. Individuals who perform FGM will face a five-year prison sentence. If the act leads to a permanent disability, then the punishment will be seven years. And if it leads to death, then the penalty will be 10 years. Doctors and nurses could face 15 years in prison, and medical institutions would have to close for five years if they perform FGM. Last year, Al-Hazar, Egypt's leading religious authority, condemned FGM, issuing a statement regarding the risks of the practice and the baselessness of these procedures under Islamic Sharia law. On International Women's Day, President Biden signed two executive orders regarding gender equity. The first reinstates the Gender Policy Council, which focuses on, quote, advancing gender equality through policy development and combats systemic bias and discrimination like sexual harassment. It will also increase access to comprehensive health care, unquote. The council will also focus on the impact the pandemic has had on women and girls. Transgender rights are also a priority for the council. The second executive order will review existing Title IX regulations, such as policies that roll back sexual harassment protections under Bessie DeVos. The order states, quote, It is the policy of my administration that all students should be guaranteed an educational environment free from discrimination on the basis of sex, including discrimination in the form of sexual harassment, which encompasses sexual violence and including discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity." Unquote. Arkansas and Tennessee have both passed laws to protect women and girls' school sports. Participation in sports will be based on sex, not gender identity. South Dakota's governor was set to sign a bill protecting women and girls' sports in schools, but she will not sign it until it undergoes style and form recommendations for more precise language. The governor said, quote, Overall, these style and form clarifications protect women's sports while also showing empathy for youth struggling with what they understand to be their gender identity. But showing empathy does not mean a biologically female-at-birth woman should face an unbalanced playing field that effectively undermines the advances made by women and for women since the implementation of Title IX in 1972." On March 29th, South Dakota's governor signed two executive orders since the legislature denied her proposed revisions. Neither of the orders specifically mention trans-identified athletes, but South Dakota's Department of Education and the Board of Regents will need to ensure that schools, colleges, and universities preserve women and girls' sports by only admitting female athletes. In May or June, the governor will work 
with legislators on this issue. As part of their Wake Up America Action Series, on March 14th, Partners for Ethical Care, whose motto is, No Child is Born in the Wrong Body, protested outside of the Mount Sinai Gender Identity Clinic in New York City. A group of about 10 brave women stood their ground in front of the nondescript clinic on 7th Avenue in Chelsea, with placards saying, Gender clinics are sterilizing our youth. Stop transing gay kids. And self-love is not surgery. They used a bullhorn to spread awareness and spoke to inquiring passersby about why they were protesting and what the transing of children really means. A lifetime of pharmaceutical intervention, the mutilation of healthy bodies, and sterilization. Quite a few people expressed support, either by honking their car horns as they drove by or directly approaching the women. There were some who misunderstood the purpose of the protest. One man called out to the women, quote, there's nothing wrong with the trans, unquote, which of course, no one had said or implied there was. Another man attempted to splash a woman with his water bottle, perhaps thinking she would melt. When one of the protesters was explaining how gender nonconforming children are being exploited by the gender identity industry, she was told to, quote, stop being a fucking bigot, unquote. Wake up, USA! Transit kids is not okay! Similar actions took place that day in Utah at the University of Utah Health in Salt Lake and in California at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. For more information on March 14th's actions or to stay informed on future actions, visit partnersforethicalcare.com. That concludes WLRN's World News segment for Thursday, April 1st. I'm Emily Ann Lorenzen. Share your news stories, announcements, and tips with us by emailing wlrnewscontact at gmail.com and let us know what's going on.
That was Aretha Franklin with her song, Respect. Next up, we'll hear a collage of women's voices Thistle captured at the Turf Hotel, where demonstrators at the Women Picket DC event were staying if they were out of town. Their voices are interspersed between bars of Thistle's original song called Dross and Gold. Thanks to Kat, Jennifer, Annie, Charlie Ray, Lindsay Blue Tao Shin, Heather Scaltzi, Jennifer Thomas, and Isabella Malbin for speaking to WLRN. It is great to hear your voices, sisters. And now, with no further ado, enjoy this musical collage WLRN's Jenna DeQuarto put together of these women talking about why they went to DC to protest on International Women's Day 2021. Heather Scalzi. I'm from far northern California and I came here today to support women and to stand up for the rights of women and children. And what do you expect to see at this protest? Lots of women and uh, lots of support and um, hopefully not very many protesters against us. You know I want to see I want to see people coming to a realization of what's happening. I really want, I'm hoping that people will see what's happening to women Mm -hmm. and the erasure, insidious indoctrination that's happening with the um, trans ideology. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that, um, that people's eyes will be opened. That's what I'm hoping for. demonstration on March 8th tomorrow we on International Women's Day are gathering near the Washington Monument and we're gonna listen to speakers and we're basically gonna be holding space for women and girls and children so why don't we just go around the circle and each of you can introduce yourselves and say your name and where you're from and what brought you to Washington, D.C.? Okay, I'm Jennifer, and I'm from the Seattle area. 
And uh, what brought me was my daughter uh, believing she was a boy and this, her school socially transitioning her behind our backs. Um, and I, through all of that, have come to realize that this is a common thing that is happening, not just in our country, but around the world. Uh, and it all leads to medicalization of children. All roads lead to puberty blockers, hormones, and surgeries that are irreversible. And it's unconscionable. This is happening. And I'm here to fight this. And I'm here to fight for women's spaces as well. Mm-hmm. Women's safe spaces. Um, yeah. And these surgeries are irreversible and they also cause sterility. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And these kids mm-hmm. don't know what they're getting into. They have mm-hmm. no clue. I mean, think about how you, we're talking about young kids. First of all, some of them are four and Three. five. Four yeah. And yeah. Five years old. Yeah. And they're five years old. Mm-hmm, and their, their parents, I, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to say anything. I hate to put the blame on the parents. I don't think that's where the blame lies. The blame lies with the, the people who are making money from this. Follow um, the money. Yeah, the people who are making money from all the surgeries and all the drugs. Mm-hmm. And policy, and the, because it's in the school systems. It's being taught oh, yeah. in the public no, schools. It's policy, and most people, most parents don't even understand what the policies are. They have no clue this is happening until it happens to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, because everybody else just thinks, you know, you're not a supportive parent. Well, we're all supportive. We all love our kids. <laughs> Our kids are being taught that we don't love them, and mm-hmm. and they're being told to leave us, for which which it's for their glitter family, right? The ones who will hold a quote unquote safe space for them, which is not a safe space. This is all predatorial. This is predatorial behavior. It's grooming. <laughs> um, the teachers are grooming the kids. They're being taught to groom the kids. Mm-hmm. They don't know it. I know they think they're doing something is good. Is that term glitter family actually taught in the public schools in Seattle? Oh, I don't know. No, that's a term we use because it's it's the it's some anybody who's affirming. Actually, the, the activists themselves use that term. Oh, do they? Yes. To refer to <laughs> their community. To their, uh, there their... is numerous trans activists that have done YouTube videos. Um, and just videos. Oh, they do. That's yes. It, it, and uh, they're the glitter, glitter family. family. And if your family is pushing you away, you can come and see me and I will make you my family. And yep. I mean, there are many. There's Jeffrey Mosh. I don't know if people have heard of him. He can be found on Twitter and on YouTube. And he is really big. On and has a following. Yes. And has, has a, a following. like following. The people that your kids are watching on YouTube mm-hmm. and that they're yeah. finding on all the social media, uh, the Tumblr, Snapchat, name them, you know, and name the social media. Yeah. And these people are there, these, these, these people that have a male body. Yes. You know, or, or whatever their motives. There might be numerous different motivations for why, but you just have to question, why is it? I, th- I think it starts with asking questions. Why is it that this group of adults wants to lure my child away from, you know, I, I'm the natural parent of this child. Why would somebody want to lure that child away from me and, and raising them in, in my home? I'm, yeah. the, I'm the legal parent. I'm the guardian. I'm what I'm, 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 I'm I, clearly who is best for this child is me, right. my message as a parent. Why, what, what would be the motivations behind anybody wanting to sever or damage that relationship in any way. Yes. When it's, when it's a loving family. Yeah. I what, see it as the new, I have a puppy to show you, or I have some candy for you. 
Yes. It's very That's predatory. Exactly yeah. The way I see it, it is grooming. But it's coming from the state. And yes. And established. And then once they get into families. it, then they're on a pathway to the far- for the, the pharmaceutical industry loves. All so roads follow- lead to medicalization. It's so um, Follow the money. People that want to look into it can read the 11th hour blog. Is that okay to plug oh, that yeah, here? Oh, yeah. Jennifer Violet. Yep. What is your name? Where are you from? And what brought you to Washington, D.C.? My name's Kat. I live in the Midwest, and I drove my car every single mile from my front door to this location that we're at right now. I'm here to be part of the sisterhood. I am here for all of those moms who are working their butt off at home, taking care of the kids, and they would be here if they could, but they don't have the resources, and there's nobody to watch their babies, so they're home with the kids, and they're here in spirit, and I am here for their body. That's what I'm committed to and, and who I'm representing. And so I'm thinking about the children constantly. I'm very bothered by, by the medicalization of children um, and, 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 and by the lack of information out there. I also want to be clear that I'm not transphobic and I'm not sensing any transphobia that's happening here. I think that is a, yeah. that is a misnomer. And, and that's really one of the things that got me here was being called a bigot for the first time in my life. Like, I have always, always, always been a person that tries to listen to people, see people, recognize people. I mean, feminists were the first people to really carry that LGBT banner um, mm-hmm. and held it high, and, and, and there was a T there. And then, and, and then something happened, and I don't know when that shift happened, but unfortunately, um, women got put in, you know, at odds with um, certain interests. And I, but I believe there's peace. I believe there's a, there's a common ground, and we can find it. Um, but I'm a woman, woman, so I'm here with with my sisterhood to um, to do that and be and be here for the women that can't. And but again, I I urge people to just follow the money, and and, and ask questions. And it's okay to ask questions. There's no stupid questions. There's no wrong questions. And you're not doing anything wrong when you ask a question. You can ask a question. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, good. sister. Yeah. And how about you? Where are you from? And My name is Annie. Yeah. I'm from the Boston area. And I've been fighting what I call the whole gender ideology, because that's what it is, all the way from what it's doing to women's rights and all the way down to the medicalization of children. Um, how I got started was because four years ago, my daughter who was married to a trans spouse decided that my grandson, who was seven at the time, was all of a sudden a girl. Mm. I tried to investigate. The more I investigated, um, and she talked about him going on puberty blockers at the age of nine, and I was like, what are puberty blockers? And I started doing research, and I'm like, well, first of all, what kind of mother gets excited that a seven-year-old child might go on puberty blockers and is excited about it? Right. That was like my first lightning bolt red flag that said what the heck mm-hmm. questions right so I, questions. I did all the research on the puberty blockers <laughs> I've talked to numerous uh, endocrinologists um, I run um, no puberty blockers for children's Facebook and Twitter account so I've been investigating this for years and just the harm and the promotion that the trans activists push on legislators that won't even open their eyes to the other side mm-hmm. right you know the, the democrats are totally blinded and i have been a lifelong voter for democrats here, here. Yeah, me, me too, too. you know From the left. lifelong 
voter and this is the first time that I did not vote. I did not vote for Biden because I saw this I coming. I didn't either. You know, I saw this coming. I don't like him. I don't like Camilla. And I'm from um, Massachusetts where it's a blue state. I don't like any of my uh, politicians there because they've all drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I hear voices weaving textiles from texts, a tapestry of sound, a tapestry of song. Ancient melodies from our mothers who've gone, spinning a song, weaving, weaving all night long. Uh, California, San Jose, California. Uh huh. And and Isabella is also here. I'm here from Texas. Cool. So why did you ladies come to D.C.? Well, uh, women exist, and so do girls. And um, men can't become women, and women can't become men. It's not it's not real. Biological sex is immutable, and women's rights. We got to keep fighting for this shit. Apparently, so here I am, fighting for it with other amazing women. This is just the beginning. Get it going. All right, thanks, Lindsay. How about you, Isabella? Why are you here? I came here to organize. I came here to connect with women. I came here to conspire, to network, to show the world that we've had enough and that we're doing something about it. And what is tomorrow going to look like? Like, what what's the plan? So we're going to have some incredible speakers. Women are going to be gathering in front of the Washington Monument. Um, we're going to be singing, chanting, crying, laughing all gathering um, and hopefully get a, a bunch of people just walking by who are going to say, hey, what's going on here and join uh -huh. us and at least What about yeah, be media? Off. Like major media, is there going to be major media there? You're looking at it. <laughs> okay. Independent media all the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, yeah, we have like um, a list of live streams that are all going to go out yeah. and the reach is like, what, 150,000? Yeah. Uh -huh. Combined with all the live streams. Yeah. Okay. I'm recording. So, this is, can you say your name and where you're from and why you came to D.C.? Oh. Uh, so where are you from? Make you go on the camera. It's not a camera. It's not a camera. It's it's all, it's, See, ra it's radio, okay. pre-recorded. You should have told That's fine. I'll do that. <laughs> so we're speaking with Charlie Ray. And where are you from, Charlie Ray? I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. And you're here in D.C. because... Well, they started um, they started organizing because of the executive order. And then after the executive order, the Equality Act started coming through the House. So it was just sort of an opportune time. Like, in general, we had kind of all known that this was coming. It had been years that we were watching it happen in Canada, in the U.K., in Australia. So, like, as soon as it happened, it sort of, like, Courtney activated this chain of everyone who'd kind of been sitting around working on this for years. So that was sort of why I was compelled and I told Courtney that she had this momentum that had started that I could feel and picked up on. And so yeah, I ended up reaching out to her and seeing if she needed anybody to work on the communication and writing and stuff. Yeah, and this is the first time that women are gathering publicly and saying trans women are actually not women, right. they're men, and men being counted as women is going against women's 
sex-based rights. Exactly. The exactly. first time that women have gathered in public to say that. Yeah, in the United States anyway. In yeah. the United States. Yeah. Right. For sure, and especially when the general idea that gender is a good thing and that it's for human rights is massive. Like, on the other side of it, you have people demonstrating all the time and taking action all the time. And so... Like, it, it kind of sucks that it took the executive order, but it's a good thing that the executive order activated this chain of everybody. Because the other side is so active, you know? And oh, like, I know, and they're organized. They're so organized. I, I, we have to organize. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think I made a mistake in saying this is the first time that we've come out in public to say that trans women are not women, they're men, because there was the Seattle Public Library, of course. Right. Last year. Right, yeah. And, you know, that was Yeah, you know, I guess an it depends on if message. you, how you, um, or, you you know how you categorize it like a speech or a talk or a protest right this is the first time we're on the protesting yeah yeah with we're a press release resisting. telling the world mm -hmm. and it's just women mm -hmm. who are gathering it's not like we're all famous speakers yeah you know it's, it's very grassroots it's very grassroots yeah. and women across the country were invited thanks to independent media yes my community, my community radio station in Madison would not announce this. Oh, wow. I, I applied using the beautiful document that you wrote for liberals, and um, <laughs> I sent it to the news director at WORT, and I said, can I do a kiosk, which is a two-minute commentary. Um, it's a public access community radio station. And she said... I'm going to just let the kiosk collective, because they use all this leftist language, yeah. right? I'm going to let them decide if, if they'll air this or not. And they never got back to me. They never got back to me. And then I got back to her, and I was like, well, what happened? You know? And she's like, oh, yeah, they almost unanimously voted to not air your commentary. This was before I had even Get out, said turf. anything. <laughs> you know? And... So anyway, but I just hope the word got out. It's like sometimes I feel like we're in an echo chamber. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. It's it's it, we're small and we're mighty. Yeah. But yeah. we need to get bigger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's one of the reasons that we had this strategy of whittling this down to its most basic, which is women deserve rights, and we wanted that to be nonpartisan because that's a simple message. It's a message anyone can understand. And it's just, I think it's really important that we did that to, to just whittle it down because, like, yeah. there is an echo chamber that we all have these ideas. We've all been organizing. We've all been working. But then there's this larger thing where it's like, this is a basic idea. And mm -hmm. you don't have to be an activist to know that this is just basic, that it's sex is real. Yeah. And that, like, changing the definition of sex alters policy, obviously. So... I think it's a good thing that, like you said, like there is an echo chamber, and we need to pierce through that. And the, the way that we're going to do that is using simple language and just telling people, like, gender is harmful. You think that it's for human rights, and it actually eradicates human rights. And so the reason that we're all here is because we believe in human rights, and that's why we're here. And so, like, to reverse that message in the most simple way, like, it doesn't have to be complicated. We don't need, like, you know, hour-long academic talks to... It's just like three lines, you know, three very simple messages. Women are female. Exactly. And they deserve <laughs> rights on that basis. Like, that's it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to be in any activist group. You don't have to be a feminist. You don't have to be anything in particular to just know that basic fact about reality. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, I think that's one of the 
huge strengths of this coalition is that it's nonpartisan and it's simple. It's it's yeah. believe what you want. That's fine. We all right. have different beliefs and we can disagree about things. Like we can burst through that and echo so, chamber. Well, let's burst through it. But how do we do that when they have all of the money? It's like it's us against corporate media. I know you're really into independent media. I'd love to hear your philosophy of independent media and how to reach that broader audience through independent media yeah. because obviously the mainstream media is not going to really cover us or if they do they're not going to be fair about it yeah. um, so how do we break that sound barrier there's 200 women that are supposed to be showing up to this tomorrow why not 2,000? It should have been 2,000 at least, don't you think? Like, how do we break that sound barrier? Isabella, if you can talk to that, I'd love to hear what you have to say. I mean, I think in the way that the trans influencers have gotten a lot of traction, like YouTube channels, TikTok, Instagram, I mean, I think we just have to up our production levels too yeah. because these Same people... Way have like high production they have a lot of followers they reach a lot of people so it's like we got to speak the same language like women's rights has to be cool right women's rights cool. needs cool. to be cool yeah, yeah it does it does it, because we have a really bad like the, the, the kind of the picture that they've painted is that we're white supremacists we're bigoted we're like anti you know haggard and witch old witches yeah. like that's the image that's out there and mm -hmm. so I think yeah showing our faces more women coming forward showing their faces with their full names mm -hmm. um, creating independent media like creating independent media what you're doing channels, whose body is it writing I mean, writing articles just uh -huh. to combat the excess of propaganda. Did you hear about Spinning and Weaving? It's um, a new radical feminist anthology that's coming out with 35 different writers. Some of them oh, really wow. famous, like Sheila Jeffries, but Elizabeth Miller is organizing it in a very grassroots way. She was seeing like this brilliance on social media in comments and then mm. it would just disappear and so she contacted mm. radical feminists that she had found online and said hey would you write for this everything. yeah she compiled it all Ruth Barrett is publishing the book that's awesome so that kind of thing creating yeah. our own media creating our own yeah. books our own yeah. articles yeah. Also documenting all the lunacy because there's yes. going to be a massive like backtracking that happens. And so I think, yeah, having an archive of all the lunacy, all the messages, all the emails that you got from your employer, from your friends, like just documenting everything yeah, yeah, yeah. so that no one can say 10, 20 years from now, like we didn't know or like it wasn't that bad or, you know. I, I think that's also really important. And making it simple, too. Like, one of the things I did a couple years ago that was pretty successful is that, like, I would take pictures of trans activists, and I would, like, just put, superimpose a quote that they'd said. Mm -hmm. Just, like, sex isn't real, or, like, lesbianism is bigoted, and just literally just put it on their face. And like you said, just, like, really just hold them to account, you know, and in the most simple way. And, like, on both sides, it needs to be simple. Like, show what's happening, show that it's yeah. nonsense, and just yeah, I was doing the, uh, show the, the truth. The meme of like the, the but that's a male. It always was like the sports memes. I have to find them on my phone. Yeah, like turf is a slur. Like the impact that that <laughs> oh, sign yeah. has had. Yeah, you know, know, woman, sports. adult, human, female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has oh had safe women's sports. Mm -hmm. Safe women's sports. Yeah, yeah that's but silly. But we just some that. outrageous women just came into the room. <laughs> I am spotting oh, no. some sand that I've known for a long time. Between the threads.
Jennifer, right? Yes, yes. I have the recorder on. I'm doing a podcast for WLRN. Oh, Are you willing to yes. say your name and where you're from and why you came to D.C.? I'm Jennifer Thomas, and I'm from Chicago, and I came to D.C. to protect the rights of women and girls. All right. And earlier, you and I were chatting about what you do on Twitter. Would you be willing to tell our listeners about the... The kind of battling that you're doing with politicians on Twitter and how effective that is. Well, it started because they weren't um, sending any letters back to me when I was writing my um, senators. So I went on Twitter and I just decided, I was I was adding them, but that was just going into their mentions. So I decided to just start going into their threads. So anytime they tweet something... I put, you know, I craft a tweet around gender critical, depending on, like, what it relates to what they're tweeting, and I start conversations in their threads so they can't ignore me. So you're educating people, and you're educating the politicians. And they can't ignore me because now I'm... Because you're in their thread. In their thread, yeah. Yeah. So, brilliant. Ladies, listen up. We can do some uh, activism online, you know, countering what the trans activists are doing. And there's lots of people that agree with us. A lot of people on the threads agree with us. All right, well, thank you so much, ladies. It was so great to... The sun comes up, the spider's web glistens, and in my heart to my sisters I do listen. Spinning and weaving, dross into gold. Spinning and weaving, dross into gold. Spinning and weaving, dross into gold. Me and my sisters. Jenna and Thistle for that wonderful musical rendering of so many different voices of women who were at the event. Now we'll hear excerpts of key moments from the speeches made by Kara Dansky, Courtney Catearth Piper, Suzanne Veerling, and Stephanie Gifford, interspersed by commentary from Miss Jenna DeCorto. The following is an abridged version of Women Picket DC. The full live stream is available at PS cp.tv. Just search for Women Picket DC. The main event of WPDC was the four speeches given by the event coordinator Courtney Piper, director of stand-up international Stephanie Gifford, longtime leader and educator Dr. Suzanne Forbes-Veerling, and Kara Dansky, chairwoman of law and legislation for WHRC International and steering committee member for WHRC USA. The crowd was exclusively a supportive one, with a sole counter-protester arriving after the speeches were all given. Courtney Piper's speech opens the event and is a rallying cry to the picketers. Women. 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 Women and girls and allies. 
yes, we are adult human females, and we will have our sex-based rights. Yet this is more than just about sports and sacred spaces. This is about a tidal wave of women embodied in mind, body, and spirit, laying down our fealty to that which sustains us, ourselves, our womanhood, our land, and our water. We stand before you today, not only protesting and demanding reformation on these policies and laws that seek to destroy us, but also to protect the minds, bodies, and spirits of our children and our grandchildren and the seven generations to come. We are not commodities. We are not stereotypes. We are embodied and divine adult human females. What we are up against is a highly sophisticated patriarchy. Transhumanism is antithetical to life and the souls that inhabit it. But let us not turn to despair and spiral into hopelessness. Instead, I invite you to collect your tears, dear sister, and fertilize this resistance with the magic of our collective sorrow. There is power in our wailing. Great Mother wants us to circle up here and there and everywhere. To wail, to pray, to connect and conspire. Join me now and connect your heart to the rhythm of sacred revolution. The next speaker, Stephanie Gifford, introduces herself and talks about how the world over, women and girls suffer for being female. It is imperative that our stories are told and our voices are heard. I hope you hear through my words today. I am not here to deny the rights of any human being. Everyone deserves basic human rights, but not at another's expense. We are here today to protect the basic human rights of those born into the reality of being female. We are here today to defend our sacred safe spaces. We are here to protect ourselves, our daughters, our granddaughters, and their daughters. History shows us that females have been belittled, bullied, discriminated against, harassed, stalked, attacked, raped, murdered, sold to sex trafficking, tortured, mutilated, treated like second-class citizens, and have then been told to sit down and shut up. By the century, women and young girls are buried alive. We live in a world where women are stoned to death, beheaded, where their bodies are mutilated beyond recognition and unable to be identified. Currently, there are an estimated 400,000 untested rape kits sitting on the shelves in warehouses across the United States. Over 60 million girls worldwide are child brides, married before the age of 18, with some as young as five years old of age. These children are forced to have sex with men. Five years of age. Forced to have sex with men. Often the men are old, 
Many of these girls become pregnant well before their bodies are even developed, causing extreme pain, as well as medical complications up to and including their deaths. The average age of a teen that enters the sex trade in the U.S. is 12 to 14 years of age. Sex trafficking is the fastest growing criminal activity in the United States. It's estimated $150 billion a year drives this vile trade. When I pause to think about these horrific circumstances, I am outraged. I am sickened by this inhumanity. It has been an excruciatingly long war against women and girls. And now there is this, an executive order, an order that will threaten our rights, rights we have already won and now are forced to protect. The executive order will threaten the existence of the Patsy T. Equality Opportunity and Education Act, more commonly known as Title IX. Before the Title IX, marginalized black and brown-skinned women did not have the same access to higher education as privileged white women. The Title IX offered endless possibilities for access to the education needed to succeed in this country. Renamed to honor the late Representative Patsy T. Meek of Hawaii, this law is slated to become a thing of the past with President Biden's recent executive order. Exactly. There are five rights we are fighting to keep. The right to legally define females based on our biology. The right to freedom of speech. Single sex spaces, the right to female only sport leagues, the right to choose a health care provider of our own sex. We need policies that would make anyone think twice before harming another little girl or taking her place in society. We are here today to make the public aware of these violent crimes against us and the dire importance that we be recognized in society, in law, in our schools, and our institutions, in our homes, and in our minds. Following Miss Gifford's speech, a group of women begin reciting a chant written by Laura Palongo Potter. Human, females, we want our sex, face, rights. We are adults, human, females, we want our sex. The next speaker is Dr. Suzanne Forbes-Veerling. She too recounts how women's oppression is rooted in their material reality as female, and how historical oppression continues today. We have been here before, this is not new. The woman has been here before. The woman was brought here from Africa to be a slave. Her legal classification was chattel. And as chattel, right here, in this country, she was used at will. I'll talk about five ways. One, breeder woman, repeatedly raised until impregnated. She was disallowed to protest the sale of her babies. Two, sex slave, indiscriminately used by slave owners. Three, lactation slave or wet nurse. Four, medical experimentation 
gynecological experiments done without anesthesia, and it was the birth of our OBGYN industry today. And finally, five, President Thomas Jefferson used black women and their wounds as collateral for mortgages, bondage, the bond market. Has anyone heard of the bond market? Thomas Jefferson thought that the black woman and her baby were good collateral to back up debt. That's the birth of the bond market that we have today. Today, we have come full circle back to woman, possibly as chattel. If we don't stop it, if we don't fight, Yesterday, slave woman who endured gynecological medical experiments is today's mother whose placenta and umbilical cord is used to treat and cure diseases, cancers, and more. Why? Because we are the divine. We have the life source. Yesterday, slave woman who endured gynecological medical experiments is today's girl child being butchered in a booming gender transitioning sector. Ovaries removed, pushing her into menopause yeah. and osteoporosis. Uncharted territory and parents' rights and authority decimated. Yesterday's slave woman whose existence as a woman with a womb, that was the rationale to launch the American bond market, is today's woman and girl filling up publicly traded prison cells for nonviolent supposed crime. This includes teenage girls. A lot of people don't realize that group homes are also part of the for-profit sector and owned by prison companies. Yesterday's lactation slave is today's poor woman having to sell her breast milk in order to keep a roof over her head. Sell her milk to Western venture capitalists. Today the Western pregnant woman will soon be asked to donate her breast cells to help grow uh, a new type of baby formula. Yesterday's slave woman as sex slave is today's slave woman as sex slave. We are bombarded with messages for our girls to adapt to the demands of porn ranch culture, where the abuse of girls and women are normalized. We are bombarded with rhetoric, screaming for the legislation for full decriminalization of prostitution as if it's such a great thing, when in fact we know that it guarantees a slave state for the global woman. We have all of the aforementioned to deal with while being burdened with having to defend our existence as a sex-based class. The rights we have achieved so far should be in cement. It should never be brought up. Today, more than ever, all of us need to come together and fight to ensure that we do not get driven off the cliff and to make sure that we do not go back to what we have already done. So never doubt that it can't happen because it already happened. Lastly, Kara Dansky is up at the podium. In her speech, she directly addresses the president and vice president, attempting to hold them to task for selling women out. As we all know, on January 20, 20th, 2021, President 
Joe Biden signed an executive order that seeks to erase women and girls throughout U.S. federal administrative law. We knew that this was coming, but I don't know if any of us predicted how fast or how sweeping the assault on our rights would be. Many Americans don't understand what is going on here because they don't understand the extent to which so-called gender identity erases women and girls. And the reason that they don't know this is that the media has largely been complicit in hiding this fact from us. It is time for Americans to rise up and say no. I have a few quotes that I would like to offer in order to make these points clear. The first is from Dr. Colin Wright. Dr. Wright is an evolutionary biologist who has done a tremendous amount of research on the topic of biological sex and sexual dimorphism in human beings. In March of 2020, Dr. Wright stated as follows. I'm frequently asked why I focus so much on the nature of biological sex. It's because, in my view, this may be reality's last stand. If this undeniable fact can be denied en masse, then we become hostages to chaos. We simply cannot afford to lose our collective tether to reality. Mr. President, nothing could be truer than what Dr. Wright said. With your executive order demanding that federal administrative agencies redefine sex to include so-called gender identity, you are furthering the loss of our collective tether to reality. I personally know two U.S. women who lost their jobs at supposedly progressive nonprofit organizations for stating that sex is real. I know of another U.S. woman who lost her position in a doctoral program for stating that sex is real. And for stating that sex is real, J.K. Rowling has received countless death and rape threats on social media and has had to increase her personal security. Lest anyone be under the impression that any of this is theoretical, please understand this is a very real threat to the rights, privacy, and safety of women and girls. This is not a drill. I have personally spoken on the phone with two women who were forced to share a locked prison cell with a man who was housed in the women's prison on the basis of his so-called gender identity. As my friend and mentor, Lier Keith, often says, the worst part of all of this is that no one believes us. Mr. President, believe us. Women are united in this fight globally. Quote, here we stand where 108 years ago at another inaugural, thousands of protesters tried to block brave women from marching for the right to vote. President Joe Biden, January 20, 2021. Mr. President, and yet hours after making this statement, you signed an executive order that seeks to erase women in federal administrative law. Mr. President, are you willing to protect the rights, privacy, and safety of women and girls, or do you stand with men who pretend to be women? The time to decide is now. Mr. President, we ask you, how long must women wait for liberty? How long? Here, Ms. Dansky recalls the few times she's met Vice President Kamala Harris. The third time we met was at a fundraising event in D.C. during your campaign for the presidency. By that point in time, I had come to support your candidacy. This was, of course, before you started engaging in the gaslighting and virtue signaling practice of announcing your so-called preferred pronouns. Madam Vice President, we all know that you're a woman. One of the things that you said during that speech was this, quote, I believe this is a moment in time when we must speak the truth. Madam Vice President, I could not agree more. In fact, I think it's high time that we all speak some truth. Truth number one, men aren't any kind of woman no matter what they say. Truth number two, 
Women are being silenced and fired and threatened with rape and death all over the world because we dare to stand up for ourselves, but we will not stop standing up for ourselves. Truth number three, gender identity is nothing but an abusive, manipulative lie. It does not belong in our laws. In conclusion, so-called gender identity is a corporate takeover of humanity, and you, Mr. President, are complicit. Mr. President, rescind the order. She ends her speech in unity with the women in the crowd. Women seize the day. 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 Thank you, everyone. After the speeches had been given, women spent time meeting, talking, chanting, and picketing together. At one point, they rushed from the Washington Monument lawn to the corner of the street to be visible to the presidential motorcade passing by. A single counter-protester eventually showed up on a bicycle with a mini bullhorn. Local police did arrive shortly after the TRA did, though I am not privy to what the exchange was between them and the event organizers, or the TRA for that matter. The young man rode around the picketers, yelling that trans women were women. He was gently reminded that trans women were men, and that's okay. From across the femisphere to women worldwide, worldwide to women worldwide, radical feminist media to break the sound barrier, break the sound barrier, break the sound barrier, break the sound barrier, radical feminist media to break the sound barrier. This is your, 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 your grassroots community radio station, your radio station, grassroots. This is your grassroots community radio station, women's liberation radio news. to D.C. to protest and to commune, with an emphasis on communing. I love meeting women and capturing their stories to later weave and spin them into gold. I hope you enjoyed the web Jenna and I spun with the voices of women we met in D.C. last month. The Women Picket D.C. event was organized by a coalition of feminists and feminist groups. Groups I had not seen paired together were side-by-side side on the website as sponsors of the event and side-by-side side in the streets. This was interesting to me after experiencing some horizontal hostilities between the various feminist organizations out there. Women are damaged by patriarchy, so once you get in deep with different orgs, you start to see the ways in which women can tear each other down instead of lifting each other up. I was happy to see the list of sponsors for the event and to see women standing together in our unity. However, I saw and experienced things in DC that gave me pause. For example, there were some women in high heels. This bothers me on a few levels, one being that we were outside at a feminist rally, tromping across a huge lawn where heels are extremely and extra impractical. 
It also bothered me because heels, invented by men, both symbolically and physically, are crippling to women. But, as radical feminists, we need to meet women where we are at, love women, and realize that none of us are free from patriarchal rule. And patriarchal rule exists in many seen and unseen ways in each of us. There were other things that indicated that we weren't all on the same page with our practice of feminism at the protest. But, as a main organizer of the event said at one of our meetings, Purity politics is not going to convince women to join us. It's time to unite. We have to. About 150 to 200 women and allies gathered on the lawn of the Washington Monument on March 8th, International Women's Day at 10 a.m. Actually, some of us got there earlier to set up the stage and sound system for the speakers. WLRN's Jenna DeQuarto was there to work her magic behind the scenes. I came a bit later with my Midwestern gal pals with the intention of live streaming from my four-year-old phone as the festivities began at 10 o'clock. The first woman I encountered in my 11-minute live streaming journey was Joy Hope. She was in a Margaret Atwood-style handmaid's cloak with a trans rights baby blue and light pink flag over her mouth, and she held a sign that said, Born, Not Worn. It was quite the sight with the phallic Washington Monument juxtaposed behind where she stood. I'm happy to report that this same woman is riding her motorcycle across the country this summer on The Ride, A Woman's Rebellion with Skylar Gwynn. After my encounter with Joy, it was meeting after wonderful meeting with woman after beautiful woman as we all came together in front of the stage with our signs, banners, and chants. There was Becca Hoffman from Boston, Serendipity Day from Nebraska, Gina Hoke from Colorado, Ashling Cornett from Kentucky, Laura Polongo Potter from Southern Appalachia, Rebecca Rathis from Pennsylvania, Arlene and Annette Wilcox from New York City, Heather Scalzi from California, and so many more, in all of their glory with chants and songs in their hearts and on the wind. It felt incredible to find kindred spirits on the lawn in front of the monument in Washington, D.C. To demonstrate with women who understand the importance of speaking the truth about the ubiquitous harm gender identity ideology is doing to women and to our society. The first two hours of the demonstration were ecstatic. I was in the middle of a crowd of primarily women who held signs with messages I had never seen in public before at least in the United States. One woman's sign read, Biology is not bigotry. Reality is not hate. With the Venus woman symbol drawn all over it. Another held a sign that said, Gender identity invisibilizes the reality of global sex-based male violence against women and girls. And still another declared simply, Gender identity does not belong in the law. It was glorious. It was like, the jig is up. 
the emperor wears no clothes. And finally, we had found our collective voice and bravery and willingness to go out into the world on the streets of DC, no less, to be seen and to be heard. One such poetic and powerful voice came from Lara Polanco Potter from Southern Appalachia, who wrote and led a chant that we all practiced in the hotel rooms the night before. It goes like this. Was Lara Polanco Potter from Southern Appalachia and her amazing adult human female chant. I led the women in singing the theme music from Menno's tribute to Magdalene Burns in addition to putting forth my own chant that has six verses, a few of them being the Democrats lie about XX and XY. Joe Biden, trans women are guys. Stop the lies, stop the lies. Biology is not bigotry. It's simply just a fact. Speak the truth, it's not a hate crime. Women, fight back. I spontaneously brought that chant out and the women loved it. It was super gratifying to be part of the group think and collective positive energies swirling around as we all met to dance, chant, and share our power. Another protester brought little sheets of paper she handed out to everyone with, if a person has a penis, he's a man, do do do. If a person has a penis, he's a man, do do do. Written out on them. She got the crowd all riled up and laughing. At one point, someone noticed the presidential motorcade going by, so we all ran over to the street to be seen by the prez. He would have had to be blind to not see us in that fruitful moment in all of our bounty there on the sidewalk. After the speakers spoke eloquently to the many topics associated with transgenderism and the harm it does to women, children, and a free society in general, the crowd felt the itch to march. So our group mind took us back to the sidewalk and we began marching to an unknown destination. Though I heard someone exclaim, 
Let's march to the White House. We never made it that far. I don't know why. Perhaps it was the large fence and security barrier around the White House that kept us from going all the way, or maybe it was the distance, but in any case, the energy dissipated and me and my besties headed back to meet up for a night of celebration on the town and in our hotel rooms at various dance parties. The conversations I had with individual women were pointed and passionate. It was so refreshing to be in the company of women who are not afraid to lift their voices and to stand tall and proud as advocates for our sex. This event in D.C. gave birth to a wave that will rise across America this summer. Look for it in a town or city near you. Everybody's gone turfing, turfing USA. Let's go turfing now, everybody's learning how. Come on baby turf with, come on baby turf with me from sea to shining sea. What the Battle of Seattle gave us last year with the Wolf Public Library talk and now with what the Women Pick a DC event is giving us, women everywhere are getting involved, writing songs, painting signs, making patches and stickers, riding zines, riding motorcycles and bicycles, getting into the streets, into the woods, and into the arms of our community of women loving women. We will certainly rise and rise again, as Jenna sings to us in WLRN's new theme music featured for the first time in this historic podcast. Here's to our collective collaboration towards freedom. March on. Thanks for listening to WLRN's 60th edition podcast reflecting on the March 8th Women Picket DC event. Thanks again to Kat, Jennifer, Annie, Charlie Ray, Lindsay Plutow Shin, Heather Skaltzi, Jennifer Thomas, and Isabella Malbin for speaking to WLRN while Jenna and Thistle were there on the ground in DC. Until next time, this is Emily Ann Laurentin signing off on another WLRN podcast. As Sekhmet said at the beginning of our show, lots of changes are happening around the station as we celebrate our five-year anniversary next month. Be sure to check out WLRN's new website coming out in April with a fabulous merch page designed by Anonymous featuring the art of WLRN volunteers, Natasha Petrov and Casey Walker. We'll have five-year anniversary pint glasses, keychains, t-shirts, stickers, and posters. If you're interested in joining our team, we are always looking for new volunteers to conduct interviews, write blog posts, post to our Facebook and other social media pages, and do other tasks to keep us moving forward as a collective of media activist women. Email wlrnewscontact at gmail.com to inquire about becoming a member or simply to do a little volunteering. Thanks for listening. This is Mir Safina signing off for now. And I am April No, coming at you from the woods of Northern Canada. Thanks for tuning in. Next month, we will focus our program on looking back over the last five years of WLRN women's news coverage, music, and interviews in celebration of our five-year anniversary. Our handcrafted podcasts always come out the first Thursday of the month, so look for it on Thursday, May 6th. If you'd like to receive our newsletter that notifies you when each podcast, music show, and interviews are released, 
please sign up for our newsletter on the WLRN WordPress site. Stay strong in the struggle, and thanks for listening. This is Sekhmet Shiaul signing off on another edition of WLRN's monthly handcrafted podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spinster, Overit, Spotify, and SoundCloud, in addition to our WordPress site. Thanks for listening. And this is Jenna DeCordo. Our monthly podcasts are always crafted with tender loving care and in solidarity with women worldwide. Thanks for your support. We would love to hear from you, so please comment, like, and share widely. Patriarchal kiss. How will we find what needs to be shown? And then after that, where is home? Tell me, where is my home? Cause gender hurts.